The first reading is taken today from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 9 to 13. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. The Gospel reading is taken from Luke chapter 21, verses 25 to 36. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. There will be signs in the sun, moon and stars. On the earth nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Christ. Christ. May I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. Cosmic upheaval, meteorites heading our way, perhaps. Are we destined to end like the dinosaurs? Nations in anguish, tsunamis and earthquakes, people filled with fear and apprehension in Brussels, Paris, numerous other parts of the world. Why are we surprised by any of these things? Do we think somehow that we have mastered history, even though this is exactly what Jesus said would happen? 
those things are forecast in Luke chapter 21. We live in the day of them happening. There is a bizarre notion about amongst some church people that Jesus and Paul are in conflict, that Jesus represents the true Christianity and that Paul has somehow created or corrupted the pure Christianity, the pure gospel of Jesus, and changed it. Uh, Revisionists within the Church of England particularly take this view and caricature Paul as a sort of baddie and Jesus as a goodie. Here in our gospel reading about the second coming of Christ and in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, we see evidence to the contrary that both Paul and Jesus agree that we live in the end times. Jesus exhorts his followers uh, as he approaches Calvary and the the judgment day on man's sinfulness. He He exhorts his followers to stand firm in the light of his return. Stand firm. Wait standing firm. And Paul does exactly the same in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. We are to stand firm, verse 8. Now I wonder if, uh, if we really believe that Jesus will return. I wonder if we really believe it. I mean, people say it in the creed. You've all just said it, and I read it again. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. Do you really believe it? Do you believe it? Article 4 of the 39 Articles says, He ascended into heaven, and there sitteth until he returned to judge all men at the last day. Do you believe it? Do you wait expectingly, expectantly for Jesus' return? Or do you think that's just what they say at church? We don't really believe that sort of thing these days. We're not even sure how it all happened in the first place because the Bethlehem stories are filled with myth and uncertainty. The Gospels seem to say it differently. We can't really believe in the return, the physical return of Jesus one day. Or should we? Since Jesus accurately foresaw how the world would be before his return, perhaps we should take more seriously his promise that he would return. Uh, Luke 21 is quite difficult to work out. Like all prophecies, uh, the words of a prophet have both immediate historic fulfillment, in this case from Luke 21, in the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD and the disaster that came upon uh, Israel uh, and the destruction of the temple, never, of course, to be rebuilt, still not rebuilt, of course. So that Jesus' words had some historic fulfillment about that generation in which people were living. This generation will live to see all these things happen. But also, of course, it has eternal fulfillment like the Old Testament prophecies that speak of the coming of a suffering servant, a king who will reign. There was some immediate fulfillment in people like Hezekiah, who were good kings, 
but there was also eternal fulfillment in the coming of the son of David, King Jesus. So prophecy has both an immediate application and a long-term application. And so it is with Jesus' references here. He is saying there will be real history to be worked out. There will be real anguish and there will be real growth of his kingdom. His reign will grow from generation to generation and we see that happening around the world today, even amidst the turmoil. These things must be so before he comes again. But he urges us to believe in his return. He urges his people to live loosely in this world because of the eternal kingdom that is to come, which of course we find difficult to believe in, but just because it's difficult to believe in, it doesn't mean that it won't happen. Jesus will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. So let us take seriously the three bits of advice that we are given in our readings today as I close. Firstly, be careful. Both Paul and Jesus urge us to be full of care. Care that we have Christ at the center of our lives. It is so easy to be overwhelmed by all that is happening, not least the turmoil and trauma that often accompanies our lives in this world. It is easy for us to find solace elsewhere than in Christ. Be full of care for Christ, for he will return. Be on the watch. Hang loose to the things of this world, not a bad thought for a gift day, perhaps. These things are temporary, impermanent, things that we value so highly will not be things that we can take with us or will be of any use to us when Christ returns. So be on the watch for him, for he will return, perhaps in our lifetimes. Who knows? Maybe we're just at the beginning of history. Maybe we are at the end. Nobody knows. What's for sure is that many people have confidently forecasted and ended up with an awful lot of egg on their faces. We are to be on the watch And thirdly, we are to stand firm with our love increasing. Perhaps that's the greatest challenge of all for us. In the midst of a world that is dangerous, even hostile to us as Christians, moving away from a Judeo-Christian ethical basis increasingly, we are not to respond with hatred, blowing up abortion clinics or turning to violence, in the name of religion. We are to stand firm with our love even for those who hate us and persecute us, who bring acts of violence against us. We are to stand firm with our love increasing, Paul and Jesus say. In the midst of turmoil, tsunami, terrorism, and personal trouble, stand firm.